Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am very excited today because I'm welcoming Sierra Bagus to the show. You may have seen Sierra play the role of Christine Daae in the 25th anniversary production of The Phantom of the Opera, or you may know her as the lovable mermaid Ariel in The Little Mermaid. You can currently find her playing the role of the bride Rebecca Steinberg in the Broadway musical It Should Have Been You. Hi, Sierra. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing good. So you good. were the you were you were Ariel in The Little Mermaid, and yes. it's funny because when I was I was reading all that about you, I mean you look like Ariel. <laughs> like yeah. if, if they had told me that they did the cartoon after the Broadway show, I would have believed it, like that it was modeled after you. Um, oh, thank you so much. I'm and so flattered. We're around the same age. As a kid, were you into the show? Did you? Oh my were you, god, so much. Yes, I remember pretending I was her in the bathtub all the time. Oh, yeah, right? Like, part of your world. I mean, I can't sing for the life of me, but I was would belt that song out, like, every oh, day. Yes. Um. <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies, always. Such a good movie. What was mm-hmm. it like taking on that role? Like, I mean, as an adult, I'm sure you had, like... I would be, I'd be curious, actually. Was it adult fans like me who remember the movie, or is it a lot of kids? Like, what was your well, if, you know, there fan was a base? Ton of, yeah, there's a ton of kids, obviously, um, but uh, but a lot of people that were around my age because we are the age that we were all about seven years old when the film came out. So by the time that it's on Broadway, we you know it's almost like these people would feel like, oh, I can actually touch her now or something, you know? Um, And what I actually loved the most was the letters that I would get from people that were teenagers and early 20s that were like, uh, you know, who feel like Ariel, who feel like maybe they were born in the wrong body or they were born in the wrong time. They were born, you know, all these things like that. That actually is why I think people love Ariel so much because they feel like that's what they relate to. And I found that really kind of an honor to be able to um, play that character that people connect to on such a deep level in that way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... I didn't even honestly I didn't even think of it in that way and that is 100% I know isn't that like, true. yeah but it's it's true it's crazy I mean I think that's why so many people relate to her cuz we all remember even on a smaller level we remember being that kid that's like oh, I wish I wasn't in this town or you know whatever that you go through and that's hers you know Mhm they want to fit in Mhm yeah yeah the fact that that can extend now to even you know transgender like all the stuff that's exactly. now like, prevalent that's yeah what i love i love so much that it's even more universal than ever but that really is one of the greatest parts of theater right that it can touch you in so many different ways i um, definitely think so i really do i think that it's that it's as healing as going to the doctor but you should go to the doctor too you know <laughs> but it is very healing it's Public service announcement, go to the doctor. (laughs) Go to the doctor, (laughs) but also go to the theater. (laughs) It really is, it is a very healing thing that we get to experience together, audience and performer, you know. 
Yeah, it is therapy for your soul. It really is. Like I've experienced it that way with some of the shows that I love when I've gone back Uh again and again, you know, like sometimes you just need to cry or you need to just, um, it's a way to just work through your own feelings. Um, totally. I don't know if you I have a show so. like that that's ever done that for you, that you not one that you were in, but maybe just one that you experienced that with. Yes, there's so many shows, and I think that's why, you know, the two longest running, Les Mis and Phantom, people gravitate to that, to both of those shows, because it makes you go through all your emotions. You really do hit all the emotions. And, and I think the music really takes you there, too. So it's a pretty incredible sort of spiritual experience that people have with with shows like that, um, and it's cool as performer and as and as audience member. Right, and you, as I was saying in the intro, you were Christine in, in Phantom um, for part of the run, and so what was you know what is that like having to go through that that whole set of emotions in in the course of one show? Is it draining? Is it invigorating? A little both, like. It's both, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had this great acting teacher once say you have to figure out how to wipe your feet on the mat before you go home, meaning you have to you give everything that you have in that piece. You go through all the emotions. You feel drained, but then wipe your feet of it and go home. Go to your life. Don't take it on. Don't become that character in your everyday life, you know, because it can be quite difficult because you are so connected with the character. But um, with Phantom, I feel so like I was born to be playing that part I really do that I can't tell you the amount of gratitude I have to be able to have been born the time that I was so that I could be the age to play the 25th anniversary Christine I feel like it was just pretty it's just really really cool to me um and that I just feel so connected with I'm aligned and feel just on purpose when I'm playing that character so um, it it felt, felt like a great responsibility, an awesome responsibility to get to go through that emotional journey and sing those songs and stuff. So, so how do you at the end of the night, you know, as you put it, wipe your feet of it? How what allows you to do that? Well, what do you, you with know, your technique? The, <laughs> literally, actually, just shedding the skin of the character, taking off the costume, taking off the makeup, taking off the wig. You, it, it kind of has the, the energy of her stays there, and it's, it's actually a little bit easier than I thought it would be. And um, I would just get in my car, and I would take a second. It's almost like a little bit of a meditation. And you go home, and I have these cats that I love so much that live in my house. Aww. And I, I think that that really grounds you. I think animals are incredibly grounding and incredibly just present in the moment. So. It's just as soon as you get to your New York City apartment, it's like, oh, yeah, this is real life, you know. Let me walk up yep. the stairs. Um, on the flip side, you're, of course, in a very lighthearted, fun comedy musical right now called It Should Have Been You. Um, I've seen it. It's such a fun time, um, <laughs> such a creative story. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the show. I I just had a blast. Um being there and what a funny cast like you guys are all just so talented were there a lot of laughs in rehearsals oh yes I mean first of all David Hyde Pierce is our director so it was just everything he is so clever everything that he says 
And then you have people like Tyne Daly and Harriet Harris and Edward Hibbert and Chip Zion. I mean, the list literally goes on and on. I, I mean, we could name every single cast member. It's just the most incredible group of people. It doesn't even feel like going to work. Like you, it's like, it doesn't feel like a job. It's the most fun work that you get to do. And everybody is on their game. Everybody it takes it so seriously and has a great time at the same time. And I think that that is why the audiences are having such a blast. I mean, we get this incredible reaction to the show every night without fail. I mean, people are having so much laughter and joy, and I just feel like we're creating such a high vibration of positivity and light and love and joy. It just feels incredible, and I just I love being a part of something like this. It really is. It feels very healing, but I can't say enough awesome things about this company. They're just, I, they're, it's like a master class for me. It's just watching, especially with Tyne and Harriet, you just, you just soak up everything that you can from them. What have you learned? Like, what has really stood out for you? How grounded they both are, truly. Mm. I mean, they are, they are two of the most talented women, and they are, so grounded they are so real and so loving and just gracious and respectful and it's just that that it's you don't have to turn into a diva or something <laughs> you know <laughs> there's plenty of examples of that around and these are just women and they love the work they love the work you know it's not about the product it's about the work and about and Tyne always says that she feels like theater is a team sport and you don't always hear that it's not a competition. It's just not. It's it's a team sport. And um, any nominations anybody gets is everyone's nomination. It's like it doesn't take away from anybody. It adds to. It's just what a great way to look at this business, you know? And, have and it, it shows through. Too. You know, it like a, if you guys are, yeah. are in sync, it's really collaborative. Um, it's. I don't think it would work if it if it wasn't. You know, no. I don't think your and show would think, be as great if it wasn't. Right. It's such an ensemble in a way that I've never felt that before. And I hope to take more of this kind of experience into the next shows and the next shows because um, I think it is possible to create an environment like this. I think it's so important, and then it sort of becomes a metaphor for life, too. Absolutely. What, one really funny thing I noticed um, is – the show, well, well, first, before we get to this, actually, tell me a little bit, tell my audience, actually, because I've seen the show. <laughs> tell, mm-hmm. tell my audience a little bit of what the show's about. Well, it takes place on my wedding day. Um, I come from a Jewish family. My husband-to-be comes from a Catholic family. Uh, the mothers, played by Tyne Daly, my mother, and Harriet Harris is David Burke's mother, um, really don't see eye to eye whatsoever. My ex-boyfriend plays played by Josh Gazzetti, who's incredibly talented. This is his Broadway debut, which no one can believe because he's so really great. funny. Uh huh. Um, he's he plays my ex-boyfriend, and he shows up on the day of the wedding after my sister accidentally calls him. So madness ensues, and you think you're coming and watching one show, and then we flip it on you, and it turns out being something else, and. Um, I think I love what I love about it is that everybody sort of finds their honesty, their authenticity, the characters do by the end and um, knowing it's okay to just be who you are and just love one another and it's family and 
um, it's really just a great love fest. <laughs> and so one thing I was going to, I was starting to say before was, what was one thing that was funny to me was, so it's about your side of the family is Jewish, his side is Catholic. Um, are there any Jewish cast members? <laughs> Not that I yes, care. Isn't that funny? Just... Yeah, Chip <laughs> Zion, who plays my father, Chip, is, is Jewish, and um, Adam Heller is as well, who uh, he okay. plays two roles. He's Uncle Morty and also uh, one of the hotel workers. Yeah, but right, isn't that right. funny? Uh-huh. Yeah, no one else yeah. is. But Tyne does yeah. it pretty People are like, yeah, she can be a Jewish mom. <laughs> oh yeah oh she she does it well that's for sure yeah yeah um and, and lisa howard plays your sister uh actually yes. i had her on the show a few months ago really liked her um she's yeah. great in in the show as well um the two of you have great chemistry on stage like i believe you're actually sisters um and i have a sister <laughs> so i can definitely relate have you bonded uh-huh. on stage as well so much um, we share a dressing room and it's all sisters all the time, basically. We are so close. And she is just one of the most incredible people that I've met in this industry. There isn't a diva bone in her body. She is just so genuine and real. And it really shows in her performance, too. I mean, she's just such a great leading lady and such a star. And, um, yeah, we feel like we've gotten that compliment before about the chemistry of sisters. And I just... I love that because it does. We do feel like sisters, and I'm the middle of two sisters, and she doesn't have sisters, and she's always wanted one. So I'm like, yeah, you're sister for life. So Aww. that's always cool when you can walk away from a show with uh, another sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, as the bride, you know you have some bridezilla moments in the show, and. Yeah, I'm wondering if you what personal inspiration you draw on. Like, I feel like all of us have had the friend that you know was a little crazy before her wedding or maybe one of your sisters. I was wondering what you draw upon to get into the role of of uh, Rebecca. Well, I pull from my own truth. Um, just wedding day or not, we've all had those days where we are freaking out for so many different reasons. So I have to pull from my own life. Um, and I, I – Funnily enough, I haven't been to that many weddings, but my one of my best friends got married in November. She was a very different bride than Rebecca Steinberg is, and um, but it helped me to sort of go through that wedding with her because then I could really just kind of do research, I guess. My older mm-hmm. sister is getting married um, in on May 17th, so very soon. Oh, congrats! And um, huh? Sorry. Congrats. Oh, thanks. Your sister. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for her. And um, so I like going through and planning the wedding with her. But, again, I'm on the flip side of it. I'm I'm actually more of Lisa's character where it's like, let me just handle some things and make this day the best that it can be for you. So um, there's so many different things that I can then really draw upon. But it's, it's um, yeah, everybody's weddings are different. I think everyone um, – relates to it though that's why people love the show because everybody sort of knows it's on some level about a wedding and if they don't they probably know about family drama i feel like no one escapes that (laughs) that's totally i mean for sure i don't have great experience with wedding i have nothing really to draw on as far as weddings weddings but family drama yes it's true (laughs) we understand family because you know, we're born into a family. We didn't choose it unless you believe that we did. You know, either way, you are in this 
life with these people and how are you going to deal with this, you know? Now, do you have any, it's a real, it's a real high energy show. Do you have any sort of pre-show routine or ritual? Um, I stretch always. I do like some yoga and, um, I'm always backstage stretching out with David Burka, who plays my husband. Um, I have a bag of stones that have words on the back of them, like words like strength and love or healing and, um, shine. And so I, Hold a stone for each show. Like this is the word that you will focus on that sort of keeps you centered. And um, Lisa pulls one, and then Harriet pulls one, and Chip pulls one, and Edward Hibbert pulls one. So we all have like words to center ourselves before we go on stage. Oh, With I a love show that. like this that is so crazy and that you go so many different places, it's good to be centered before you get out there. And you do that every night before your show. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love it's that. sort of been my personal tradition. I don't I can't even remember when I started it, but for years now with all kinds of different shows, so Yeah, and I noticed that about you, um, from doing my research and by research I mean Twitter. <laughs> I uh-huh. noticed um this great spiritual side that you have and um I really love that about you because I have a background in life coaching, so I really appreciate that. And um, I noticed that you tweet out a lot of inspirational quotes. Do you have a favorite one? Um, right now I'm really obsessed with the Rumi quote, um, the poet Rumi, uh, sell your cleverness and purchase bewilderment. I'm, mm. I love that and just marinate in that because it's so right for where we're at in our lives, especially during this time. We get so clever, you know, and we get – and it's time sometimes to go back to being a wondrous child almost and just get bewildered, especially during springtime in New York. You know, it just really reminds us. Nature is just here reminding us to just be in awe of what this life is instead of trying to know everything. I definitely get caught up in that. And I, I for sure tweet out the things that speak to me because it's like, oh, yes, that's what I need to hear and then I'll send it out to everyone and um, they'll be like oh that was just what I needed too <laughs> so it's I think it's important when you have an outlet like social media where you can reach God knows who sees it you know you might as well put some good vibrations out there yeah and one thing you tweeted the other day um, is a question I'm going to pose to you now um, what are you most grateful for in this moment oh in this very moment Sure. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful, to be honest. I'm really grateful for this weather. I'm so grateful at this time for this weather. I love how – I love spring in New York, and I feel grateful that we are all sharing in this, and all the New Yorkers come out, and we sort of shed our, like, fuzzy skins about how cold it's been, and then walking to work within nature – it just I just feel such gratitude. I feel gratitude for this company, this show that's come about that couldn't be a more perfect spring show. I think, like, what better show to come see in, in this kind of weather? You don't want to go in and see something dark and, you know, but you you just feel, I feel like I feel renewed all the time, and I feel grateful that it doesn't feel like a heavy job. It feels like a light, wonderful, awesome I don't know, energetic vibration or something. So I, I'm so grateful for all of those things, but 
Yeah, I agree. It really is a perfect, like, springtime show. And I also love, and I'm curious where they decided to do this or the reason behind it, but um, there's no intermission. It just runs straight through. And it definitely works for this production. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think it really works with our show and with our story because um, you just go, you sit down and you're on the journey, you're on the ride, and you don't need a break. You could have a break to process what you find out in the middle of the show. You could, but I think it's better that you don't get time to. You just go on the journey with it. You can process after with your friends and talk about it. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. you're, you're you're at a wedding yourself, you know. You don't get a yeah. time out. <laughs> You don't, yeah. You don't get a timeout from all this craziness. I think it's great. I love it. And, you know, then everybody, you get you get home early, too. And people are so about that here. You know, it's like, let's get things done. And um, people really, really love that there's no intermission. And I, I do, too. I think it's great. Besides the fact that I go to the bathroom all the time, I like that there's no intermission. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the only downside is that you need to go to the bathroom. But. Does that ever happen? Like, I mean, it must happen. I mean, I want to say it must happen. Do you ever need the bathroom? <laughs> and it's just you got to hold it. <laughs> oh, well, luckily I get to go off stage. But, you know, that we, we're not sitting there for all the time. But I wonder if for in the audience if anyone ever had to get up and go. We haven't, had, we haven't seen people get up, so. Sometimes, though, when you're so engrossed in something, which everyone really is, that you don't even think about your bodily functions anymore. <laughs> you're just like, oh, it's a good time. You don't worry about it. Now, do you ever get stage fright? I mean, you're very seasoned at this point, but I know people get it from time to time. I definitely, during in the middle of my run of Little Mermaid, I actually started feeling great anxiety about being on stage. It was so strange. I'd never had anything like that before. And that's when I really, really got in touch with my spiritual path. And I think most um, performers that have, you know, when I came into the world of Broadway, it came pretty quickly. And being the title of a show is a... Is a um, it's like a huge undertaking, and um, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on you. And I, I think what happened is it didn't hit me until halfway through the run. That it's like, oh God, this is a lot. <laughs> there's a lot riding on me here, and um, that's when you, you know, there's some quote about that's not when you reach for the bottle. That's not when you reach for your vice. That's when you start digging and do the work. And that's where I really started digging in of, okay, what what am I afraid of? What's going on? And I'm actually very grateful for that time of intense fear of being on stage. And it really just boils down to what do people think of me? What are they thinking of me? Um, and if we can learn how to shed that, then I think we'll all be just much happier. So um, really remembering that you're enough and it's not about what others are thinking of you, which is difficult in this industry because we're definitely out there for people to see. But finding that it's, you know, just taking that on too and having acceptance for it instead of fear. But, yeah, I performers that I respect and that I've looked up to have struggled with fear at some point. Um, luckily, it, I still kept on the stage. You guys stay in it and keep going. So, yeah. It's a very real thing. So how do you practice, you know, you know, because that is the journey, right, feeling like we're enough and not being at the subject of others' opinions of us, whether it's just, you know, socially or whether, I guess, in your case, even, like, looking at reviews or comments on blogs or all sorts of right. things when you're in the public eye that can happen. 
how do you um, yeah, maintain that I think sense number of self? One is I always tell young performers or even people that are in the industry that are going to go out seeking, you cannot go seeking more reasons to feel in pain (laughs) or other people's that don't go out seeking other people's opinions of you, like blogs or reading comments on Twitter, reading horrible things that are out there. You just, you just don't go looking for more reasons to feel offended or in pain or sad or anything. Um, because inevitably you're going to run into things, so just don't add to it. So there's ways to just not add to it. Is number I would one. think that'd be hard, though. It's like everyone's in front of the Internet all the time. I think it oh would my just God. take one week yeah, moment, right? Learn- Let me yes. Google my name. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you learn it the hard way. And I think most of us in this world, on this planet, learn it the hard way. We have to. People say, that's hot, don't touch it. And you're like, all right, got to touch it just to make sure. And I definitely had to do that. I went through that, thankfully, early on before it got even this intense. I mean, nowadays, you can see anything. Twitter wasn't even a thing when I was doing Little Mermaid, when I first started it. So it's like crazy crazy in in my lifetime even what has shown up. But, um, you know, so I don't seek it out. Um, And I have the most incredible support system. I have friends that are my family. And I also have my sister who lives in New York, um, she will never let me, you know, <laughs> not be grounded, and um, and she will. She's my biggest support system, and um, so that is like having people also outside that you just that it isn't all all the business all the time, and and who also just really getting it through our heads that we're not what we do, and we're not what we have, and we're not what other people think of us. And that's something I learned from Wayne Dyer, who I read tons of his books, and he his words really, really spoke oh, to me. he's great. Yeah, so um, I once I really understood that, oh, I'm not what I do, then people can have plenty of opinions. You know, there's things that people will say all the time that's like, wow, that's not even remotely close to anything that's real. And once you understand that, once you hear, you know, I had an, an incident happen on the subway one time. I was riding. I got onto the subway, and I overheard. This is what I mean. You can't go seeking out because it, it finds you. <laughs> I overheard a guy talking extremely loudly to his friend about me, and he was just a fan of theater, and he started just ripping me apart in all my roles, and, like, all. he went down the list. It was so, I was like, oh, my God, do I say something? What are, but there was nothing I can do. It was like, oh, and then I got off the shop. I called my sister. I was like, can you believe this? And she was like, well, you've arrived. You've arrived. When people are talking crap about you on the subway, you've arrived. Exactly. But it's like you have to be able to, you have to have someone to call that's like, oh, you know, and um, just, wow, you know, okay, can't can't help it. What's my lesson? How do I deal with this? And just know that. That that's just part of life. Whether you do this for a living or not, there's just can't please everybody. So you got where you you know wherever you go, there you are. So gotta do the work for yourself to make sure you love who you come home to. You know. Well, you've done I think a great job at grounding yourself. Um, you know, and I said you know at the beginning you were saying how you admire that in others. Well, I think you're you're someone to be admired as well. Like you really. Well, thank you. Um, such a strong sense of self. Do you find that as you've gone on your spiritual journey and become more um, in touch with yourself, it's made you a better actress? 
Absolutely. You know, I talked to my therapist about it one time. I was like, I'm so afraid I won't be a good actress because now I'm getting more honest and I'm getting more authentic and I don't care about, you know, show business isn't my life, but I love it. It's my passion. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's quite the opposite. He said, you'll find that you're a better actor because, and because you think when you're like, I love doing this. I love acting because I get to pretend I'm someone else. But as I grow as a human and I realize, no, I just put, you're, you're actually just the more authentic you are. It's not that I'm pretending. It's that I'm, I'm finding myself within the character and the characters that, you know, you just sort of become one almost. And, um, I don't know. It, it's the more authentic you get, the more honest you get. I think the more it's, the more you love doing your work, first of all, and I think people respond to it. So. Yeah, it's an interesting one. A question I ask all my guests, what's one thing you would like to tell your 15-year-old self? Oh, that it's okay. <laughs> I really just would say it's good. It's okay. It's not only going to be okay, it already is okay. And um, not to rush. Just enjoy the moment. Stay, stay in the present moment. Um, my mom used to say to us when we were little, you only get to be whatever, 12 once, you only get to be 15 once. Mm -hmm. And that would annoy me because <laughs> I wanted to be 18 or, you know, and be cool and 21 or something. But mm -hmm. I get it now. I get it. And I I think that's a great bit of advice. You only get to be that age once. So be that age. And what were you trying to rush? Did you know back then that you wanted to be on Broadway? Was it, you know, getting your career started? I definitely was... did. Yeah, mm -hmm. um... I for sure wanted to be, I didn't even want to go to college. I wanted to graduate. I wanted to go and be on Broadway, whatever that meant, because I don't even think I understood what that means. And I think it didn't take, it took until I got to Broadway that I was like, oh, okay. It's actually, Broadway is this thing that we make it to be, but it's actually just a place where you get to do your art like any place else. It's just very famous. Um, so it's like once you get that, then what's the what's the idea? So you achieved your goal, and now what becomes the question? So it is like it's it's a I don't know. I just find that journey so so cool. We get these huge goals in our heads, and then I don't know. Um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to just fast forward and get here and be doing everything. But I'm very glad that I went to college and. Um, cultivated relationships that are going to be lifelong, my lifelong friends and, you know, had a college experience, always focused. I was always focused on musical theater, but, but also just having great relationships, people that are my friends for life. So, yeah, I think that's probably helps ground you too, right? Cause even, I'm sure you have a lot of friends in the field now, but having those people that knew you before, before you were, you yeah. know, I really do mostly have my friends, my very close friends are people who I've known for 20 years or since college. I mean, it's like, it's, it is so awesome. Um, yeah. So, and the people who I'm extremely close with from the industry are really grounded spiritual people that, you know, we don't talk about the business. We talk about like moonstones or something, you know, <laughs> so yeah. So it's time for a game. Uh, it's called Speed Through. We're going to have 60 Ooh. seconds, and I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you. 
and okay. uh, we'll see how many we can get through. All right. Are you, a, you ready? Okay. Morning yep. person or night owl? Morning. Three things you can't live without? My cats, the outdoors, and yoga. Decisive on that one. Favorite travel destination? Oh, anywhere there's a there's an ocean. Mm, me too. Coffee or tea? Tea, green tea. If you had a betta fish, what would you name him? Oh, Pluggo. <laughs> <laughs> what what'd you say? I said Pluggo. Oh, like okay. plug with a no at the end. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, Jimmy Fallon. One show you still want to see on Broadway. Oh, that hasn't been yet or that has? Uh, you can interpret it however you want. Well, I wanted to say my first instinct was Color Purple because I love that show so much. So I want I can't wait for it to come back, which apparently it is. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. I did see it. It's a great show. Uh, favorite oh. snack? Oh, anything that's salty and crunchy. One way you live life to the fullest every day. Walking outside in nature. That's 60 seconds. Woohoo! Good job. Good job. That was awesome. And we're out of time. Thank you so okay. much for being with me today, Sierra. So fun. You are oh, it's a my total pleasure. sweetheart. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Go see Sierra, and it should have been you. It's currently playing at Brooks Atkinson Theater on Broadway. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Erica Finn. That's E-R-I-K-A-F-I-N-N. We have some great giveaways coming up, and they will only be offered through Twitter. So check us out there. Have a great night, and we will see you all next week. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.